Cision prides itself on supporting journalists throughout their working day. They have a handy and free media request service, which helps you get the info you need for your stories. You can also set up a free professional profile on Cision and connect directly with PRs. Meanwhile, cisionjobs.co.uk is the perfect job site to find your next great role. Finally, the Media Moves newsletter is a fantastic place for freelancers and staffers to shout about their new jobs, new beats or availability for commissions. Come and join the Cision family. Find out more by visiting cision.co.uk forward slash journalists dash services. Hello and welcome to the Freelancing for Journalists podcast. I'm Lily Cantor and I'm Emma Wilkinson. We're both experienced freelance journalists and in each episode with the help of two great guests we will be giving practical tips on the key issues you face when working for yourself. So we're getting back into the swing of the podcast again now after playing a little bit of guest Jenga for a couple of weeks and this week the topic is saying no to work that you're asked to do and this is something that I could really use more tips on so I'm really excited to get stuck into this one this week. Yeah so we're going to be talking about how and when to say no without sliding into that panic that we get as freelancers that we're never going to work again. Yes and we're also going to discuss how to walk away from regular work or a particular client you may have when that work no longer suits your needs or you can't fit it in anymore. Um, But before that, let's do our highlight of the week, Lily. What's yours? Well, I think it's going to have to be our our joint highlight, really, because we're now an award-winning podcast. Uh, So Emma and I went to the um, Ipsy Freelancer Awards last week, and we picked up the award for Freelancing Project, which was specifically for this podcast. And we went down in person and it was really nice to network and see some colleagues and yeah it was really good doing we really chuffed to have picked up the award yeah it was great and it was nice to just be in the same place rather than having a conversation over zoom we actually see each other in real life yeah definitely I mean I don't know if there's anything else Emma you want to highlight yeah so I mean it doesn't it's not up there with winning an award but I actually just finished and submitted a feature that has been the bane of my life for the past month and I'm so glad that it's just done and dusted I just could not get people to speak about this topic everyone was too busy and or hadn't thought about it and it was just yeah it was proving so difficult I don't think it's going to work <laughs> be worth the money that I'm going to get paid for doing it but it's done and dusted so that's quite a relief yeah I think I'm in the middle of one of those at the moment it's dragging on and on but anyway let's move on to our topic this week and introduce our guests so first of all we have Latifa Jean-Baptiste a freelance journalist and PR professional based in London she's written for Metro, Cosmopolitan, Business Insider and Galdem amongst many others this year she also launched Career Girl Collective an online platform to educate and empower women writers And we also have Isabel Sachs, a creative producer, public speaker and podcast host and the founder of I Like Networking, a platform and international mentoring programme to support women and non-binary professionals looking for a career in the creative and cultural industries. 
Yeah, so thank you both so much for coming on to talk to us today. Our topic is saying no. So that's either to new work or the offer of a commission where the terms perhaps aren't quite right, or it could be walking away from more regular work that you might have. So Latifa, let's start with you. Have you ever said no to work? Um, and did you find that a difficult thing to do? Um, yeah, so I have said no to work before. Um, it was difficult, but I think the difficult part was just all in my mind, if that makes sense. So um, I got asked to write a, a like an op-ed kind of piece regarding the um, BLM um, protest last year. So, um, for, and it was for like a brand, it's not for a magazine. However, I didn't know a lot about the brand. And so I just kind of took it on like, yep, I'll do it. Yep, great, fine, I'll do it. And then when I kind of start, when I thought, hold up, I actually don't know about the brand. And I kind of thought about what could happen potentially if I don't do my research and if I actually write the piece. So in doing the research, I did see a few comments from black women who had had interactions with the brand and it wasn't exactly positive. So the minute I saw that, I was kind of like, okay, so I can't just take this on because I don't know enough about this brand to just have my name, you know, plastered on their, on their, on their website. So I did contact the editor who contacted me to do the piece and I did say, I did tell her that unfortunately I don't feel comfortable writing this piece at the time. And she was completely fine with it. So when I say the difficult parts all in my head, that's what I mean by it. I think sometimes we think it's going to be so difficult, it's going to be so scary, and a lot of the time it's literally just you dropping a quick email of two sentences and that that's it, so yeah. Yeah, and that's a really good point actually about um, sometimes just taking a minute and taking a breath when saying yes to work to just checking that is something that you have the capacity to do or that you have the, um, that's something that you're comfortable doing and that what they're offering is actually fair and their terms are reasonable and all those kind of extra things rather than just saying yes immediately which is something I have to remind myself to take that step back and think oh actually can what else have I got on can I actually do this and and is this for me and um, I mean this is something that I need to get so much better at I think I do Lily won't believe me but I do say no quite often I said no to some shifts last week um I think or I at just least said I no to exactly yeah. the same shifts. I think they came to me. Oh, have you? Yeah, <laughs> I said no as well. Okay, if anybody's working in health right now, there's a lot of demand for freelance journalism. Um, but yeah, I've got better as well about negotiating things sort of on my own terms, but I still constantly find myself with too much on my plate. I think my main problem is thinking that I've got more capacity than I actually do and not wanting to get let regular clients down. Um, Isabel, sort of how common do you think is that feeling of having to say yes now in case they don't ever come back to you or there's not enough work later on? I, I think whenever you're starting out in your freelance career, that's potentially one of the biggest mistakes people do of saying yes to like literally everything. And then you run yourself to the ground. And I think there are, you know, there it, it comes a time when you start to, first of all, learn who are your you start gaining more like clients that come back often that are more like regular, which helps. But also I think you start figuring out in your area of your industry, right? Like when are the down months? And those are the months that you have to prepare for not getting paid. And then you start figuring out how much do you need to get paid more or less all the other months to figure out, okay, this will look good and stop freaking out so much about, oh my God, I will have no money, no income, everything's going to be a disaster. But I have to say that I think it does take a bit of time and 
in a way, I'm hoping that we can help some people go through this, but I feel like most freelancers will have to say yes to stuff that they shouldn't have said at least once to <laughs> figure it out. But I'd say it's very, very common. Say no and say no can be say no to an opportunity or whatever, but it can also say no to the opportunity that's presented in that particular way and understand that maybe there's a way to negotiate it. So I think there's the two things that are two important learning like skills to have. Yeah, and I think it is very much, isn't it? The kind of more you freelance, the more you learn how to kind of navigate these different things. And in the beginning, you're just kind of, you literally say yes to everything. And then over time, you you can kind of manage to work out your, I guess your work balance a bit more or saying perhaps yes but actually that deadline I can't work to that deadline but I can work to this deadline and kind of negotiating more I mean we're going to get to the how in a minute of sort of how you go about saying no but um, Latifa I just wanted to come back to you because you've given a really good example there of something you've said um, no to but has there been sort of other reasons that you've said no to work not necessarily about kind of the person that you're working for but perhaps more to do with your own capacity at that point in time or, or any other reasons why you might have said no yes I have I have turned down work before and I turned down so I had so a few years ago my man was quite unwell and I had quite a few things going on so I was just not in the right space to do any kind of I writing at all so I was just like I'm not doing anything for a good solid like nine months I was turning down things and I think sometimes as freelancers as well, remember that even if you turn down things, so for example, there's articles that I got turned down, that I turned down, sorry, that I would kind of say, you know, I can't do right now, but I've got a friend who also talks about race and gender. Here's her portfolio, you know, you can check her out as well. And I think as freelancers, sometimes there's this nature that we're always competing against each other and we can't kind of help each other out. And it's like, if you can't take it, I had no, I had no, I had no kind of qualms about sending the opportunity to somebody else. So yeah, I've definitely can like turn down stuff as well in regards to personal stories I used to write quite a lot of personal essays and I made the decision last year to just stop with the personal stories and the essays I think I've kind of shared enough of my personal <laughs> life with everybody so I just think it's enough at that point but um and I've had people who want me to kind of if I've got any more stories about certain things that I've written about in the past and I've just kind of declined and said I'm not in a space where I want to share those personal stories so yeah for accumulation reasons so my nan was quite ill last um two years ago personal reasons and yes yeah, so I've definitely turned on other pieces of work and I've and where and where I can I've recommended other freelancers to kind of jump in yeah that's really good advice actually I've done that as well because I think editors if you can't take on the work right now if you can offer a solution to them and recommend someone that you know actually they just see you as more reliable and more helpful and what goes around comes around so you'll find that you've recommended somebody for something and they're they're then gonna recommend you for something else that they come across I've done that quite a few times and I've never ever found that that leads to less work if anything that's just led to better connections and more work and more opportunities further down the further down the line and and editors are just so grateful to have another name to go to if you if you can't do it so yeah we should all be uh sharing the love a little bit um Isabel what would your um advice be on how to balance that kind of having enough work 
you know, to make sure that you've got enough income with saying no when you need to? How do you decide where your boundaries are for that? And I would say, as a really experienced freelancer, I'm really interested in your advice here because I, I still feel like I'm working on this month to month on getting that balance right of when to say no, like when yeah. to decide you've got enough on. Um, so for, I just want to say to what Latifa was saying that that's hundred percent what we believe in, uh, with Island Networking. I think if you can do it, but you can offer a solution to someone else, you're adding a lot of value to your network. And that usually is a really good thing to do and beneficial for everyone. But so that I have only very unsexy tips. Okay. But here they are. The first thing you need to know is how much your life kind of costs right? That's very important because if you don't know how much your life costs and by that you also need to then manage times that you will be sick. I think as freelancers we tend to think we are invincible but if you get sick even if you just have like a cold and you're out for three days and I, I I'm not a journalist but I would imagine that writing when your head is like banging and it feels like there's like an elephant stepping on it is probably not easy just going to go out on a, <laughs> on a small venture here to I think that's what would happen so just need to assess like okay there will be a few days in the month that I definitely won't work and there are two maybe one month or I don't know in my business you usually be two months at least that businesses was going to be dead you know which was like December January and a little bit in August used to not be the best but it changes depending on the business you're in. When I worked in music, it was different, but you kind of figure out, okay, what are the months that I definitely need to plan for that put a little, put extra on like taxes, all this stuff. So have a really nice budget. There's like so many easy tools that you can access. They'll do it for you. There's like 110,000 free templates to figure that out and just have a ballpark figure of how much you should be earning each month with all of that cushion. Once you get to that, then you can more or less start to understand like if that month you're gonna make, I don't know, 10,000. So in the next month you make five and the other one you make eight, then it's gonna be fine because the average is what you need, right? Um, in that, but that's to say again, again, like I think the boundaries are some stuff that you need to also define for yourselves and I think one of the many, many pitfalls of people in general is that they think that because we've, we've been taught that work is from nine to five, that that's exactly how many hours of the day we are productive. However, if anyone ever worked in an office here, you'll know that nine to five is not the amount of time someone sits at a desk working, typing. Like you get up, you go to the bathroom, you have a lunch break, you have a meeting, you go and chat to someone and then you get interrupted by a phone call like you're not 10 hours a day completely focused on a task so I think your boundaries need to go hand in hand with actually how much of that work you can do each day so if it's writing and researching how much does how long does that take you know because you also have time that you do admin and time that you I don't know, read other stuff to get information or whatever it is. So it's a kind of a calculation that you have to start fighting out for yourself and figuring out how long you actually take to do things so that you can say, you know what, I feel confident that I can deliver this. And I am actually really excited to do this because it could cost benefit to what I want to do and grow in life. 
with everything else. But I think you need to start with some hard numbers. And I know no one likes those, usually in the creative industries at least, but it's very helpful because you get a lot more understanding of your time, how much it's, it's worth. And on that note, you can then also start figuring out, actually, there's going to be this big project. It's going to be, it's, it's going to take a toll on my life, but this is how much I would earn. So my hours would increase to this. That means that maybe I can have a cleaner come to my house once a week, or, you know, like I could pay for the delivery of the supermarket. So I don't have to go out and do it and save myself two hours that week whatever it is. So I think it's a balance because the freelance life is very intertwined with our everyday other tasks life. So you got to figure, think of yourself as the business. And so that would be my first rule. And then I think there's one universal boundary, which is something Latifah probably alluded to is if you've already worked with someone that was toxic, it was really bad for you. And you have this gut feeling that this is not it, that you don't want to do this again then definitely step away from it. Like your safety and your personal boundaries should always come first and everything else can be probably sorted even if you have to do some more boring work at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think there's loads of really useful advice there. And like you say, sitting down and planning how much you need to earn, how much time you've got and building in I guess building in extra time so not just for admin or in case you're sick but just having kind of that flexibility there I know I, I'll sit down and work out right how many days have I got free next month what does that equate to in terms of the number of articles I can do and then I always leave like well I need an extra two days because some stuff will take longer and something else will crop up and so it's kind of working that all out um, and trying to stick to it, I guess, as well, so that you're not over, you know, getting too much work, being being over capacity. I think that's the word I hear Emma use a lot. I've got yeah. no more capacity. I'm over capacity. And I just wanted to say that one thing to that is that like I I not telling people to go out and kill themselves and like like small like work themselves to to death but I think most freelancers know that there are moments when you're gonna work harder than others but even those they have to be within your parameters of you know how comfortable you are working that hard for that amount for you know if it's three days or it's a week whatever like you shouldn't be doing it for like six months non-stop ideally but there will be periods of time where you'll be busier and you just also need to figure out for yourself how busy is that busy that you can get because it's just normal sometimes things happen you know like things collide and you just need to yeah put some like cushion in your hours so that happens and you can still live you know yeah yeah definitely and that's why you're freelance isn't it so you can have that flexibility I wonder if Latifa, we could come on to you because um, we've sort of talked about, um, you know, situations in which it's good to say no. But in terms of the mechanics of sort of how you go about that, have you got any advice on any perhaps any wording or how you would you would phrase that if that was in an email or a conversation with someone if, if you are turning down work, but you don't want to burn bridges perhaps you do want to work for that person in the future but not right now 
I mean, yeah, I was looking at, um, I was listening to when you were saying about using the word capacity, and I use that all the time. So, you know, if you are over capacity, there's nothing wrong with saying the email. I've done it before. I've just said hi. And I think always start with thanking the person for the opportunity because they've got to go into other freelancers, but they chose you. So, you know, still thank them for the opportunity firstly. And then you can kind of say, you know, I'm at capacity for the next few months. I'm working on certain projects. But I would, but I would have some free time in, in, in the next six months. So if anything's going on that time, I would really be keen to find out more. But as for the, as for this month, I'm busy. Or just work it like that, if that makes sense. You haven't always got to explain in detail why you don't want to do it. It could be a very specific reason. And if, and if yeah, you haven't always got to share that specific reason. If you could just literally just say, yeah, capacity and just leave it at that. And yeah, you can either recommend another journalist or you could say, you know, I've got capacity in the next six months, just not this month. So you can always word it, swish around what you want. But I think, first of all, that the key step is to just thank them for the opportunity first, and then you can go on from there. Yes, and I think there is that, all freelancers have that, and I, you know, I definitely still have this. If I say no now, what if that opportunity doesn't come back? But I have to remind myself that I've had three maternity leaves, and after every single one, the same amount of work came back. Like, with no, it's fine. It never hasn't come back and if if just you saying no because you're too busy or for whatever reason you can't take on that work right now and you've politely declined but you know said please keep me in mind in the future if they then don't come back to you then I guess is that somebody you want to work with (laughs) you know so um I mean Isabel this kind of same question to you but perhaps from the perspective of walking away from a a client that you've doing been doing more regular work with because I've had to do this in the past and I think that's quite hard if you've got somebody that you've built up a relationship with but for whatever reason you don't you know the work's not paying enough anymore or you just want a bit of variety you want to do something new so you don't want to work for them and I found that's quite a hard conversation to have have you got any advice have you got any advice there yeah I was thinking about that when you sent that because I think I only had to do that once to be honest I mean, with the app, with a big client, I did it with smaller clients, but then it was, um, it was closer to what I said, Hey, I've been really busy and booked with X, Y, and Z. And like, I wouldn't have capacity to do this right now or this way. Uh, and then things just kind of faded. I usually try as Latifa says to recommend other people to things that I cannot do, especially if it's a client that I've worked with in the past. I think this year I, did this three times of recommending people. And I think on two of those times, they ended up working with someone I recommended, which was really nice. Uh, But I had one case and it was ages ago, but this big client and we did a lot of projects together, but I had, she wanted me to do another project with her, but this particular project was not tight. I could tell there was a lot of like loose ends and this sort of like the scale of the project was not something I was going to be feel comfortable with, with that amount of budget, because I knew it was going to run me and my team to the ground. And I was at a stage in my career that that was just no longer something we did. So I sat with the person and had a really serious conversation saying, look, I have this type of work committed on the next few months. The amount of time I'd be able to give to this project is, x and i understand that this project is going to need like z you know like i literally cannot do this and it's not something that i'm able to deliver anymore because i have all these other commitments and the company is going elsewhere so i'm happy to 
support you with the other projects you used to do, but this sort of scale I no longer can do for you, et cetera. But again, here's a recommendation. I sent her up with a team and people and, you know, gave her all contact and said like, let's definitely collaborate again when you can, when it's something that we can actually do. But like, this project was just like, uh, it was going to be impossible to deliver with the capacity I had and with the budget they had. And so something would have to change very big <laughs> intensely so that I could do that. And, you know, and then it was all, it was all fine. She understood. I think you just need to be very clear with people and explain where the issues are, where like the pain points. And if there is something that you can negotiate and you still like to do it later, great. Otherwise just let them know that what you can do for that is this type of offer at this point and maybe they can come back again later i think it's a hard conversation but it's important to be direct with people i think most often people will actually appreciate that no one likes to feel like they're being you know that their time is being wasted or whatever and at the end of the day it's all like a business transaction so as long as everyone is careful and respectful of each other's times and commitments it shouldn't be a problem um, and I think that's another way like if you have regular clients and you have a contract then that will also help you to stipulate how you go about doing that and this is my biggest tip for all things business is you do never ever don't ever sign a contract doesn't matter how small it is with someone you don't trust like a contract is a piece of document for people that trust each other, especially for moments like this, when you have to maybe define a new relationship for something that has standing on its own in a certain format. So I would think about it that way, you know, like what was the terms of agreement? What's it going to be now? And just maybe it's like doing a new term of agreement, even if it's just like a dissolution of that one, you know, but I hope this yeah, is, and I mean, yeah. also, if the goalposts move, then you're perfectly within your right as well to say, this isn't what I signed up to. So I had some teaching that I was going to do that um, I'd sort of agreed to. But then when I looked into it more, it was going to require a lot more. Like I was basically going to have to create all the content that I was told was there, but it wasn't. So I was like, no, 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 this this isn't what we talked about in the first place. So I'm not going to be able to do this and just kind of politely said, you know, I, I'm going to tell you now so you've got time to find somebody else because um yeah, I, I haven't got I haven't got the time to and also this is not what <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't sometimes it's just I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's just this doesn't sound like fun. Um so yeah just having that confidence that and kind of be sure of that's why we go freelance right so we can choose the work we want to do exactly yeah yeah it's exactly it and I think if you don't want to do it and you don't need to do it because that's the thing right uh, I've done some jobs in the past where I was like this is not going to be the best but I really need this money in right now because I know it's going to save me for that month and I did it but then that meant that I was within my capacity in terms of how much energy I had to give to a project that maybe I wasn't that like crazily interested in but like the cost benefit of the amount of energy I would give for the money and like the financial security I would get was enough so that's a balance that each person has to figure out from themselves and it's really really important that you do because there are moments that you do things that are less cool and less exciting but it's a really good 
you know, income stream for you or will get you closer to a bigger client that you wanted to work with or whatever it is. So it's important that you always know more or less why you're doing that project for, you know, it will help you. Is it going to help me in my career in any way? And then figure out that. And you're more like, that's another like, tip. Like we tend, especially in the creative industries in general, tend to like really be close to our professions and it's very intertwined with our personality and our values. But at the end of the day, every single person in the world, professionally speaking, is replaceable. Yeah, that's why a president has a vice president. So of the country, I mean, so you always if you're if you're too in your head about this, just think to yourself that at the end of the day, you are replaceable, and they will be able to function without you. And it's not your responsibility to solve everyone's problems. But, you know, just caveat that with like giving people enough notice is always a good shout, right? Yeah, I think what we're saying is, is it's keeping those communication channels open, isn't it? It's letting people, being honest with them, letting them know what you can do, what you can't do when you are available for work and not worrying that if I say no, they're never going to come back to me. And it doesn't stop you from reaching out to them and saying, you know, I, I know I couldn't work with you last month, but now I've, I've got more capacity. I'd love to do some work with you this month even if it's like, you know, you haven't worked with them for, you know, a year or two, just kind of reminding them that you're around. Um, I find that editors will commission me again, even if I haven't done stuff for them for well over a year. Um, They're always looking for people that that they know are reliable and they've worked with before. Um, And I just, coming back to you, Latifah, I just wondered as well if part of this is about, um not just kind of saying no to work but about saying no, and we've talked to this before but kind of saying no to the way in which it's it's being presented to you so it might be that you say well actually I can do this but I, I, I want to take a slightly different angle or I actually think this is the story not not what the editor's presenting or perhaps it might be around deadlines um is that something as well that you sort of try and negotiate with with editors yeah 100 um i think all this kind of boils down to you having to be confident in your skills you know like there's a there's a lot of things i'm not confident in that i'm a bit shaky when it comes to writing and what i'm yeah writing and any kind of pr work i'm very confident in what i do i know i can do a good job and i think once you have and that's not to come across conceited or I think I'm or arrogant. It's it you know it, it's a fact as a, as a writer. If you're getting paid to write, clearly you're a good writer, and you have to have that confident mindset when you take on any project. Because when you do things like asking for an extension and deadline or looking at a new angle becomes so easy to you because you know that you're that, that you're being paid to, to deliver the best piece of work. And if that is going to require an extension of a deadline or a change of angle, then that's just going to be what it is basically. So I think it comes across as being a confident writer, and I think especially. When it comes to women, a lot of us kind of feel like when we are confident in the skills we have, it's like you shouldn't be confident, you shouldn't be too loud about it, you shouldn't be. And I think a lot of us do the opposite. You need to be very confident in your skills and, and what you can bring to the table because once you have that confidence, things like asking for extensions and you know a new a news angle, a, a different angle, these things become really easy to do because you know that you have the skills provided and they're paying you, you know, to write this content. So clearly you're good at what you do. So yeah, I definitely had to ask for 
not so much deadline extensions because I always try to get, I always try to, if my extensions, if my deadline's on a Wednesday, I try and get it done by Monday. And then, so I always try to do it a bit earlier, but um, I've, I've definitely asked to change of news angles. Um, you know, I've said, you know, I don't think this is, this is gonna, you know, get an editor's attention. However, if you spin it like this, I think it will. And yes, I've definitely done that before. Yeah, and I just think it takes, I think once you crack that confidence level in your ability and your skill set, things like this become really easy to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess that comes comes with experience. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we've had loads of really good practical tips there. And I, I think um, if we sort of bring this topic to a close, but what we'd like to do is kind of wrap up with one top bit of advice. So, Latifa, what would your kind of one tip be to people who are kind of nervous perhaps about saying no to work? Um, the work will always come back to you. The work will, like, if you say no to an opportunity, that doesn't mean that, like, it's not like all these editors have got a WhatsApp group and they're all going to say, she said no, no one else <laughs> ever again. Like, that's not going to happen. You're a good writer, clearly, you know, the work will come back to you. And it's not a competition. So if you can't do something, you know, and you know your friend can use a freelancer, you know, plug them in, tag them in there. It's not a competition and, you know, the work's going to come back to you. So those are the two key things. And also, just from Isabel's point as well, having an emergency fund or some sort of budget or some sort of money there can give you the freedom to say no to things. So because realistically, sometimes when you first start up in the industry, saying no is not like I've got bills to pay, so I can't be saying no. But if you have that set of money or if you've worked out your expenses, having that money gives you so much freedom to then turn down things. So... Those are kind of my free. Yeah, time. absolutely. Yeah, no, that's really good kind of summing up there. Um, Isabel, same question to be to you. What would be your kind of bit of takeaway advice that you would take away from today's episode? Yeah, I love what Latifa says. I think in the end of the day, financial literacy and financial freedom means freedom when you're a freelancer. It's really important that we're on top of our finances. And something that Latifa was alluding to is at the end of the day, you were the best advocate for yourself. You are the only one who knows how long it it takes you to do something, what drives you, what is your limit, and all of those things. So you need to trust that instinct. Um, But I think, can I give a tip that's not actually a resource that's not actually mine, but people can find it. So there's this woman called Stephanie Sword Williams, and she she has a platform called uh, FB and Humble. She sent uh, maybe a few months ago, a really good resource that I think it's probably still on her newsletter or people can DM her and say that I sent you guys there to her. And she had like a template of like ways to say no or to negotiate uh, offers uh, over email. So I found that those, I've always find that those are sort of like standard templates are really helpful. So you can kind of work and like practice with the language until you makes you feel like okay this is how I want to say it but I think sometimes we don't know exactly how to frame things and she gives all those like really good really lovely templates that really put it out there so if you're struggling with that and you want to start out with some like maybe proven ways of saying no or maybe not like this but maybe like this emails then that's a really really good resource so I tell everyone to check it out as well (laughs) brilliant yeah we'll put that in our show notes that's really helpful 
Okay, finally, we like to share the freelance love each week. So we're going to ask both of you who the freelance journalist is that's caught your eye recently. So maybe someone who's done a really good piece of work or just someone you admire. Latifa, who is your freelancer that you'd like to recommend? Saying her name right, so it's Hannah Vanderpeer. Um, she does quite a few a freelance shifts here and there, but I know she. I think she's a full time kind of freelance journalist, and she writes quite a lot about. She's done quite an important piece about sexual assault. She's done pieces about the after pill, and she talks about real, like really important issues, like women issues from health to sexual health to all sorts of stuff to do with women. So yeah, and then she, I know that she's gone into quite a lot of her personal stories in certain articles, and not so yeah, in certain articles she speaks quite a lot about personal experiences and. She also shares other ways personal experiences. So I think it's really, it's, and I know how exhausting as emotionally exhausting that can be as a writer. So yeah, I really take my hats off to her for doing that because I know having to deal with <laughs> such serious topics can sometimes be quite emotionally exhausting. So yeah, I think she does really great work. Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks. We'll, we'll share some of that uh, work that she's done in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, Isabel, same question to you. Is there a freelance journalist who's caught your eye? Yeah, so I have to shout someone who's part of the online networking community, of course, because I love them. They're amazing. But I've been reading a lot of the stuff that Bonseca Kayembe has uh, published. She is a freelance writer. She writes for British Vogue, for uh, The Independent, all sorts of things. But she also is the founder of Naked Politics, which is uh, an independent publication that tries to bring, you know, more young people to politics. But especially as a foreigner to the UK, <laughs> I don't always know everything about like sort of some of the popular culture and the things that happen here. So she really has really interesting angles about things and she's never afraid of saying stuff that might actually piss people off. So she was, yeah, she has a really interesting article that I recommend uh, reading her stuff and also Naked Politics, which she's kind of in charge of. But yeah, I, she does a lot of I think really important work and has a very unique sort of point of view which is really exciting. Fantastic well that, they both sound like two great people um, to look out for so we'll, we'll put some links to their work in our show notes. Excellent well it's time to bring the episode to a close but hopefully our listeners have now got some really great pointers on how to say no. Yeah, and not just our listeners. I'm hoping that my November is going to look very different to my October, which was a bit unmanageable. Um, so yeah, you can find out more about us and all the resources we offer at freelancingforjournalists.com um, as well as, if you haven't already, joining our Freelancing for Journalists Facebook community, which now has uh, about 5,000 members. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram and even TikTok. We're at freelancing for. And you can follow us individually. I'm at Lily Cantor. And I'm at Emma Journo. Um, and we also want to say a big thanks to our research assistant, Helen Quinn, and producer, Maddie Drury. Yes, and we will be back again next week. But goodbye for now. Bye.